Cosmos. Episode 67 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Adam, how the hell are you? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing quite good. I'm doing a lot better, I think, than I probably was the last time we did this. Um, Covid-infested, perhaps, the last thing, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot better now. Yeah, how are you? Good, good. I'm alright, thanks. Um, we have reached 1997 in our crazy journey through all of these Halloween havocs. Um and, and 1987 brings us to quite an interesting time in professional wrestling. Uh, we're, we're pretty much at the boom period now, where WCW will be in the midst of their famous 83 weeks of, of overtaking the WWF and the, the viewing and the ratings, TV ratings. Um, we will have had the very famous Hell in a Cell, very first Hell in a Cell match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Yeah. Um, we are mere weeks out from arguably the most controversial thing certainly to happen in ring um, and, and wrestling related in the wrestling business, the Montreal screw job, of course. And we're just off Brian Pillman having passed away as well. So uh-huh. there's been a lot going on round about this time that we've just recently watched with Halloween Havoc 1997. If yeah. you were an alien and yeah. I gave you five pay-per-views to watch, I don't know which ones, let me think. Say I gave you this one, I gave you WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania 3, um, I'm now struggling with the point I'm trying to make, WrestleMania 30, um, okay. And maybe let's take a like a like a like a Starcade eighty nine or something like that, right? And I showed you okay. them all. Do you think you would you wouldn't? Do you think you would pinpoint this one and say this is the time when this business was its biggest in pop no. culture? Certainly. No, I, I feel like I would probably think it was at our nearest, lowest. Yeah. Um, it's not like. You don't hear that the, you're right now in the middle of the 83 weeks, watch this show and think, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> you kind of are, are wondering how how it's so over. Yeah. yeah. That this You don't watch this and think, this is a company where everybody's performing at their peak of their powers. Yeah. Nobody can do any wrong, anything like that. It's, it's really curious. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and probably WCW hit, and, and we know this from experience, having um, watched a lot of their pay per views in 1998. It, it would be fair to say that they seem they hit momentum, and they're they're basically sliding down the hill now, using yeah. that momentum. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they're doing anything to 
build on what has happened. They've tried, I think, to just keep the same thing going for as long as they possibly could. And it's had a period where it's worked really well and it feels like it's fallen off a cliff. Yeah, now. 100%. Yeah, it's like, this is what brought us to the dance, so let's just keep on doing it and keep mm-hmm. on doing it and we'll build, build, build on top of it. Um, yeah. To the point where they're talking about having like nitro, um, full nitro episodes with just NWO on it, and uh-huh. um, it's not long after. Is it? Is it? Was was the first sold out? Um, was that ninety eight that they did the full NWO pay per view? I think it might have been. Yeah, like they they had. Did they have even like an NWO commentary team? I, I think, think so. On yeah. That. Yeah. It was like a proper full NWO show test run, I think. Amazing. Amazing to think of. Yeah. Well, we'll get into this pay-per-view, but first we'll, we've got a, a little film to talk about first, which we've watched um, from the year 1997. It's framed as a horror. I didn't get horror from it. Uh, more thriller, almost a yeah. sci-fi, sci-fi thriller-ish. Um, yeah. It's, I suppose it, there's a lot of, like psychological trauma on the go. Yeah, yeah. I could take that. This is 1987's Cube. This was your second view and you thought you'd maybe watched it years ago. Yeah, yeah, very long time ago. Yeah, um, I'd never seen it before. I certainly enjoyed it. I'll give the synopsis, if I've got it here, yep. Uh, a group of strangers awaken to find themselves placed in a giant cube. Each one of them is gifted with a special skill and they must work together to escape an endless maze of deadly traps. Normally, we like to say who is stars in these films, but this is a, a cast of relative unknowns. I, I believe it's a, sort of Canadian, a, a mostly Canadian cast. Okay. <clears throat> With, like I say, relative un- unknowns. Um, How did you enjoy Cube on the second view? I enjoyed it. I couldn't remember it all that well. I remembered the basic idea. Um, but I couldn't, like, basically as soon as I saw them where they were, which was basically in their first room, and then remembering that they kind of have to find a way of navigating through the rooms uh, to try and get themselves out, I couldn't really remember how or where the story went, other than that that was the basic idea behind it. Um, the, I kept thinking that this must have influenced quite a lot of films. Like the first one that leapt to my mind was Saw, so, because yeah. it's it's different, but they're, they've taken something from this. There's uh, definitely sort of sadistic torture elements to yeah, yeah, um, and as they were um, like, I couldn't remember who got killed off when or anything like that. So it kind of felt like a first a first viewing, just remembering the the basic story behind it. Um, I I didn't think. The acting was brilliant, and at times <laughs> almost risked taking me out of it uh, a little bit. But I thought the story was really good, and I I felt like it's really claustrophobic because mm-hmm. um, these rooms are not massive rooms that they're in, and you don't quite early on or from quite early on, you don't know how many rooms there are. You don't know how they're going to possibly figure out how to get out of there, um, and I but. I felt a few times like as I was being really pulled into it and thinking, like, what are they going to do? I was like, oh, look at Quentin's acting. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's a film. It's okay. Because <laughs> he, he, he wasn't the best at 
like it was very over the top but with everything like yeah. whether he was because he starts to like psychologically break down as a few of them do in different ways but he's so massively like bulging eye aggression it, um, yeah it was a bit much at times and then it, it towards the end of it, it becomes over the top almost disney-esque villain and yeah. snarling um, yeah. sort of horrible character I did appreciate yeah. how, <clears throat> as they went through it, they, um, th- through the length of time that went on, they'd obviously not had any access to food or water or anything like that. I did appreciate how their mood changed and the mm-hmm. um, their lack of uh, patience with each other began to just wear really, really thin. I really liked yeah. that. It was quite subtle almost, apart from mm-hmm. with your Quentin character. Um, and they, they did start... Um, you know, building. You talk about the fact they've got skills or, or specific skills. They, they they build that quite gradually because you're only getting fed little bits and pieces of information as you go. Like it, it becomes clear quite early on that there's like a, a brilliant mathematician in there, and and that comes into play. And you find out that is it is it worth? Is that the guy's name that he was actually involved in uh, the development of the outer shell of the structure uh, without knowing what he was involved in in the creation of Um, and they're just adding these little elements as you're going to to sort of bring together a story behind all that so I I enjoyed, I I did enjoy it, I enjoyed those elements Um, and much as the overacting by by Quentin at times took me out of it, I quite enjoyed like there's a moment uh, where he could save the doctor, she she is trying to um, propel herself over to the other side of a gaping sort of chasm within within there, um, and he basically is is holding her from dropping this what looks like an endless distance, um, and just like the the look in his eyes as he just decides, nah, you're going. <laughs> I'm not going to save her. I'm going to let her go. And nobody else can see it. Nobody else, none of the other characters can see him making that decision to let her go and plummet to her death. Um, So I I thought there were lots of good little, good little sort of personal stories between the the groups. Um, Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the film. Nice. Yeah, me too. I I quite enjoy, it it felt almost like that could be a a Black Mirror idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the the whole premise of it and this was this nineteen eighty seven. It's mm-hmm. amazing to think that I, I believe there was a maybe two or three sequels made, okay. um, but nothing up to the same sort of uh, level as this one. It feels like something that they would take and make a a Netflix TV show out of or something like that these days. Yeah, yeah, nice. Feels right for that. Anyway, yeah. That was Cube. I, I don't have any trivia about it, apart from I do have one piece, actually. It was shot in... They, they had one cube, and they just changed the colours in the one cube. Mm-hmm. Um, as they were filming it, and it was shot in 21 days. Okay. Quite impressive. There, there was there was a bit right at the end that made me remember I've got... There's there's a friend of mine who's, who's not a wrestling fan, uh, but he did love this film to the extent that he uh, has an email address that is uh, boundless human stupidity at... It's either Hotmail or, or whatever it is, which is the... The, the phrase uh, Worth says just towards the end as he is trying to make a decision about whether he actually wants to leave 
Yeah, and it, I always forget that's where his. I get emails from him all the time. I always forget that's where his email address comes from. Well, if you've seen Cube and you like Cube, or if you dislike it, feel free to email him and tell him your views on the film. Let's talk Halloween Havoc. Here we are, 1987. uh, At one point during uh, my note writing as I was watching this, I think I just wrote, I am so fed up with WCW. (laughs) (laughs) I watched this in two parts, and the the first part that I watched it in, I was in quite a bad mood, and I don't think it helped. The second part I watched today, and I've been in better mood today and I thoroughly enjoyed what I watched today so okay. maybe it's not as bad as what I was actually thinking and maybe I was mm. just in a bad mood mm. um, you often look at these things from a certain point of view so it'll be interesting to see your views against my grumpy views I'll, I'll, I'll just say I was on leave from work for a few days because uh, I had a birthday and I, I'm a child so I refused to work on my birthday so I took a few days off so I was actually in a good mood and I think you'll find that a lot of what you thought was you know, on. Okay. Yeah. You did not watch this on your birthday though. I didn't. I could I when I knew what the card was, I just couldn't face it, so I watched it the day after. Did you have a birthday film? I don't think so. Oh, See man. I've got like um the new Madden, and I found myself just playing loads of Xbox through the day. I do. Yeah. And how are the Texans on Madden? Realistic? Not as good as they should be. Ah, ah, Not as good as real life. The the, the, the quarterback should be better. That's that's, that's all I'll say. But they will be in the next one. Once they they update the stats, he'll be awesome. But no, I I think we'd had a chilled out day, and I remember like we got home, and we, you know you get those channels that have like, Basically, for months of the year, they have the sort of uh, TV movie Christmas films. Yeah, the Hallmark ones. Yeah, that that's what we put on. And there's, you know, there's something a bit comforting about, you know, just thinking I, I can tell within the first five minutes of this film exactly what's going to happen. And yeah. then uh, you can just sort of switch off from it. But that's the, that, that, depressingly, that's the only one of those is the only film I remember watching. Whatever. That says, I mean, that says middle-aged outlaw. Oh, Watching yeah. a Hallmark yeah. movie on your birthday. Crushing being middle aged. <laughs> okay. Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety seven. No grand no grand video entrance or anything like that. I think we got quite a brief some pictures of Hogan and Piper and um yeah. yeah. Immediately brought us back to the end of Halloween Havoc ninety six as we were both I just, like fucking hate Roddy Piper. I just couldn't I couldn't believe like he's been there a year. I think he's had very sporadic appearances, though. Yeah, it's probably like match three or four or something for him. But, I mean, move on. Like, (laughs) it it could have just been a one and done, and then you move Hogan away from Piper. It's just holding the title hostage as well. It's crazy. (sighs) Like, this could be a um, special attraction type stuff. And, like, you know, you see, like, Guerrero on this card, and you're like, you know, they could have taken some chances. He looked amazing Mm -hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's a that's a fantasy booking um, mm-hmm. journey if ever there was one. So we have got Shivani Brain and Dusty again. So disappointed to see Dusty again. <laughs> it wasn't quite as bad, but that's probably because he spoke a lot less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apart from I when Jacqueline was wrestling. 
Do you think there's somebody like muting his mic every now and then, just being like, ah, it's fine, he thinks he's talking, that's okay. There's a, <laughs> there's a great bit where he asked Shivoni a question and Shivoni didn't answer and he goes, and you just hear Dusty going, hello? And uh, Shivoni goes, I'm still here, Dusty. If I don't answer you, it just means I'm ignoring you or something like that. <laughs> uh, okay, match number one. We kick off with Yuji Nagata with his manager, Sonny Ono, taking on Ultimo Dragon. Um, we're clearly in the WCW Cruiserweight era. Mm-hmm. Um, smack bang into I, I can't remember if we... Did we have some luchadors or um, Japanese wrestlers the last pay-per-view? Mm. Was, was Mysterio on the last one? Yes, it was Fit Malenko. Um, 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 I don't remember m- many others, though. No, I, I know there there were various points in time as well where they did like talent exchanges um, yes. and yep. talent sharing. So I'd wondered when I saw this on the card if this was that that uh, situation on the go. They weren't. I'm sure I've heard the name Ultimo Dragon, um, yeah. but they weren't guys I was familiar with uh, going into. It. I'm sure Ultimo Dragon's a was Ultimo Dragon a WWF Hall of Famer. I think he possibly is. is. Okay. I might be talking about backside. Yuji Nagata's a big man. He's a big mm-hmm. boy. I liked him. Yeah. So they were they were telling a story about it. it sounded like Sonny Ono had tried to recruit Ultimo Dragon to mm-hmm. his stable, and he had been turned down. And this seemed to be like a a revenge situation that he had brought in. What they were sort of portraying as like a, a hired gun uh, yeah. Yeah. in Nagata to take him out and get revenge for for Sonny Ono. My my issue with this match, and we're, clearly we're going straight into the um, straight into the issues, apparently. But my issue with this match is if if this was supposed to be a heater to get the crowd on their feet, then somebody should have told Yuji Nagata because his main move seemed to be a sleeper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't massively love it. Highlights from this included Raven's flock making their way down the, through the crowd at one point. That, uh-huh. You know, this, you know what we're going to get a lot of Hurricane Rana's from a uh, Ultimo Dragon. He's eventually mm-hmm. tries to get him into the the Dragon Sleeper. It's it's not a good match, really, is it? Nah, I, I, like there's a few moves, a few moves that look okay. Um, I was never like pulled into the story or invested in the match. I was just kind of, it's going to sound harsh, I was just kind of waiting for it to finish. And Pass some time, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a note here that I would, I never ever, ever want to see a cartwheel in a wrestling ring. Uh-huh. <laughs> it annoys me, I don't know why. That yeah. big lad for the Viking Raiders does it as well. Just, there's no place for a cartwheel uh-huh. in a wrestling ring. Yeah. Um, no, Sonny... Who who gets the win? The big lad, Nagata. Uh, Nagata the big gets lad. the win. Yeah, it's an armbar. Um, yeah, it's an armbar, and I think they'd been talking about the arm and an attack on the arm and things like that. There've been some bits and pieces by um, Sonny Ono getting involved. Um, I think he he submitted really quickly in the in the armbar, yeah, and then Sonny and Ono then, takes it a wee shot at him, gives him a wee yeah. kick. Yeah, it was a wee a wee. Two on one attack after uh, continuing the attack on the arm. So after that, we go backstage. We've got the Disco Inferno. Um, I believe he's at the 
Is he at the backstage bit or is he at the internet bit? I think that they describe it. Let's go back to our internet area. Yeah. I think yeah, he's I think, there. I think it's a... Yeah. I've got a few notes. I don't I don't have where he particularly was because I'd, I'd heard a story about this because I knew that he had been fired for refusing to put over Jacqueline in a match. Seriously? Yeah. Now, he ended up coming back and he was brought back on the understanding that one of the very early things he would have to do is put over Jacqueline. That's amazing. So I don't know if he like went and tested the waters and found out if WWE would be uh, on the phone to him and maybe find out they weren't. <laughs> okay, I better go and do this job, I guess. I mean, in 1997, if you can't get a job with WWF, then you're probably doing something <laughs> wrong because their undercard's absolutely stinking. <laughs> He's so corny. I've zero time for Disco Inferno. Even these nah. days, he's, he tries to be one of these talking head post- podcasters and he just talks at his backside. Yeah, I see quotes at times. I don't watch much wrestling, but there's like a couple of websites I go on that give you like an overview of what's going on and that, that kind of thing. And I quite often see Disco Inferno tears into it, but I just like, all right. Who gives a <laughs> shit? Who cares? Like, I don't know, Jamie O'Hara talking about football or something like that. There you go, that's exactly what it's like. So, so Disco um, guarantees that he will win. Jackie breaks up. She seems very angry that the internet people aren't interviewing her rather than him. Yeah, And uh, right. Dusty is very amused by this. He seems to be talking about somebody's big old butt going flying, but I, I, don't know, it's like, I think he's talking about the interviewer. Dusty, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, match two is a special unadvertised match. I bet you were excited when you you, you realised you were getting an extra bonus match on I mean, top of the card that we were getting. I was, I, I, I was definitely quite happy when I, I saw certainly one of the participants that was going to be in the, the special unadvertised match. Yeah, but Ghetto Man. <laughs> he, wasn't, no? he, he wasn't somebody I was all that familiar <laughs> with, but I'm always happy to see Jericho. <laughs> um, at one point, we see a, a member of Raven's flock. Is that Stevie Richards? That's that's oh. with with Raven's flock. Yeah, I think so. Is it? I think I, it was. I don't, remember, yeah. I don't remember him being WCW. Do you? He was. He, he definitely was. And then was I think it? back to ECW. Right. Um, so this is Gado versus Chris Jericho and um, WWF going two over the top with the break the walls down music. Dubbed in over the top mm. of Jericho's. Yeah, silly. I, d- I did like the uh, Hogan fears Jericho sign in the crowd. Nice. Like, there's like this one guy in the crowd that's desperately trying to get WCW to put these two on the same level, even if nobody's <laughs> listening. Class. Um, it seems that these two seem to be tag partners at some point, uh, possibly in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, Mike Tenay. Uh, he came in, they rolled him out for that first match and he's staying for this one and, and the next one. So I'll come back to me today. I've got a question for you, Boom. Okay. Um, this match did the thing that you and I have picked up on before that we find quite frustrating. When you're watching a pay-per-view, loads of the same moves as the last match. Yeah. Like yeah. uh, almost like like for like a lot of the time, some of the the yeah. phases of things. Mm-hmm. I, I always wonder because like each certainly these days, like each match has a 
a producer or, or whatever they refer to it as, somebody that you know helps lay out the match with the performers and all that. Um, and I, I kind of assume part of their job nowadays is maybe to communicate with the other producers, be like, okay, what's going on in that match? Okay, we'll take this out, we'll do this instead, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Um, but here, I assume that kind of thing wasn't happening. It was just a figure it out, go and do your match. That's, that's it. Yeah, it's a funny thing to see. Um, the big, the big thing from this match is the the horrible, horrible attempt oh. at a super hurricane rana from the top rope oh. by Jericho that goes all kinds of wrong. Like if I'm watching that on TV now as happening, I'm assuming that guy is not going to get up. Now I, I, I know. Chris Jericho is still having his career to this day, which is the thing that made me think when he basically landed on top of his head that made me think he's going to be okay because I know he is. But that looked horrendous. Yeah. Oh, really bad. Really, that, really that bad. That must be like a couple inches away from being paralysed. That... Broken neck, yep. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It's one I've never seen before. And normally, you know, no. you, you see these sort of things. Uh-huh. Um, like the Vader eyeball or the, the Sid coming off the ropes thing. and Oh, um, oh no, I know, I'm sorry. Um, I couldn't tell what had gone wrong, whether it was supposed to be blocked or one of them, Jericho, thought he was blocking it and then I, I couldn't... Something went wrong or seemed to go wrong just in the like mechanics of the move. Yeah. But, oh. It's horrible. And from then on, it, it looked like Jericho's maybe, and quite understandably, on another planet a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think even Dusty mentioned it. Um, what have we got off I get, basically it goes from that they sort of try and help him get his bearings by by going out mm-hmm. onto the, the outside for a little bit um, yeah. Gedo climbs up the top rope does a fly nothing and uh, Jericho slaps on Lion Tamer the Lion yeah. Tamer yeah uh, and yeah. that was it pretty much Jericho gets the win but yeah close shave I think yeah that was the as soon as it had happened, it was the only thing I remembered about the match. As soon as it had, it had happened, I was like, yeah, that, that's what's going to stick in my mind. Disgusting. And to think that Jericho still does that move. Oh. Oh. Which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go backstage. Mean Gene's back. Where's that guy with the amazing yeah. voice from last year? Yeah, your guy. He's gone. One and done. I, I guess like a, some sort of talk radio some person yeah. with fat pockets has, uh, has <laughs> snapped him up. <laughs> so Main Jean is backstage with Deborah McMichael. Uh, I think we seem to be in a situation where she has, she's bringing a mystery opponent to take on her husband. Uh, they yep. seem to be estranged from each other. Um, <laughs> so she's getting interviewed by Main Jean and Mongo comes in like an angry man coming in for the pub in one of those like 1980s adverts <laughs> where he's like asking where his dinner is. He's like yeah. so angry. It's such a weird dynamic because at the start I'm thinking we are supposed to fully believe Deborah McMichael is a dick. She <laughs> is sounding like she's just a gold digger. She's out for whatever she can get, all that. But then he comes in. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just ended up thinking, ah, they're perfect for each other, just <laughs> leave them to it. So he starts going off and he, he's going mental, and, and she says, um, you're not very attractive when you're foaming at the mouth, which I liked, that was great. What else? Oh, he's saying, yeah, I'll take back the diamond rings and the credit cards, the Rolex, Mean Gene perks up at the eyes, like, the Rolex! <laughs> 
And then yeah. Eugene just he, he does he says pretty much exactly what you've said there. He's like, what does he say? Sounds like something that should be settled in a court of law, perhaps not here or in the ring. And it's like, cool, <laughs> let's just take that match off the card then. Yeah, yeah, just do it, Gene. You've got the power. Um, okay, match number three. This was a good one. So this was for the cruiserweight title. Uh, we had Rey Mysterio in his uh, the Phantom Billy Zane, the Phantom Purple, all in one suit, taking on the champion Eddie Guerrero. What can you say? What can you say about this? I I loved this. Like we've we've definitely seen some maybe later matches that in hindsight watching them between the two didn't quite measure up. This I think is the one. This is oh. it, it's a brilliant match. You've got I think I forget because it's not current and he obviously hasn't been around for a while, but the facial expressions Eddie Guerrero brings to the table are absolutely brilliant. Um, obviously they've both got a really good move set. Eddie Guerrero's allowed to be the bigger guy, the more powerful guy. Yeah. Mysterio is going to bump and going to run around and jump around but it just works. They connect and it doesn't, there were a couple of times where I thought that move, whatever move they had just done <laughs> could have looked too choreographed but it didn't. It mm-hmm. just worked yes. and I uh, yeah, I absolutely loved this. Some of the moves, there was a springboard DDT, which I loved. Oh, um, like like a backflip into a DDT. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, it's that kind of stuff where maybe at now, like I try to, it's difficult to put yourself in the mindset of then because, you know, now you see a lot more mm-hmm. high risk, high flying moves and things like that than, than you maybe were used to at that point. Um but they're doing them so well. They're to get them to look so smooth, but not choreographed. That that's a skill, and I don't quite know how they did it. Yeah, I think there's also something about the way that Mysterio does these. It's mainly Mysterio does these moves that it feels like there's a purpose for them, rather than him doing uh-huh. cool shit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and part of that's the size difference. I think. But mm-hmm. you know, at some at one point he does like a springboard. What does he do? He does like a springboard off the top rope, forward flip into a hurricane mm-hmm. runner on the outside, and it's just all like so fast. Oh, it's brilliant! Uh-huh. So good. Um, and they're they're giving us bits of story. Um, so this is this is title against mask. I think, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, if if Ray loses, he's going to lose his mask. I think. Ray comes out with the mask he's got on and another mask. I think he's got yes, another mask tied tied round him. Um, Eddie, the aggressiveness at which he's ripping at the mask at times during the match, I, yep. I loved. Um, and they give some whether this is true, it may, it may very well be, but they're giving some backstory about Guerrero. Um, basically, the, they tell the story about if you lose your mask, if you're a luchador and you lose your mask. There's kind of no way back from it. Your career may continue, but you're going to have lost that aura and that that mystique. Um, And they talk about Guerrero having voluntarily taken off his mask and given it up. And I was like, I just, I I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed the the layers they were given. I I was totally in in on this. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to speak to you about Mike Tanay, because normally they sort of wheel him out for these um, cruiserweight type matches Mm -hmm. and he's got a lot of knowledge. But I've never really appreciated him 
um, until this pay-per-view, I thought a lot of the factual and, and background information that he was bringing about the history of some of these wrestlers, he was talking about Mysterio Wrestling as a different different name, Hummingbird or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was talking about Gory Guerrero, and he was talking about him being um, feeling like he'd been in the in. You know, his tag team partner was a mass luchador who'd got more of the spotlight from him. I thought, I really appreciate him, actually, which is, mm-hmm. you know, quite unlike me because I, I find him quite annoying. Um, <laughs> and I just wondered how you felt about him. Yeah, I, I think if he's going to be on a show, I probably do prefer him just being there at times rather than on every match. I don't think he's going to bring something to a Hulk Hogan Roddy Piper match, you know, I think that's that's not what he's there for. Um, I think given these bits and pieces of story, as I say, this really worked for me. Just hearing these bits of information, just given more reason for this to be as intense as it was. Yeah, um, yeah I I enjoyed it. I, I, I listened. Did you ever watch um, TNA? Because he was the lead announcer for TNA for a yeah. while. So, um, so so not much, but I started watching their, their um, early pay-per-views and I remember noticing mm-hmm. that he was like your main colour commentator. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not sure, like if I'm starting a promotion, I don't think I put him in that role, but I think in a role like this where he's brought in for specific situations, I think, yeah, he can, he can add to it. Imagine a Brian Pillman versus... Versus like a like a Rey Mysterio versus Brian Pillman, you put Jr. and Tane on commentary, and they're just mm. shouting over each other about backgrounds and nose tackles <laughs> and hummingbirds. <laughs> it's just noise. Amazing. Yeah. There's a good bit. Of brain goes, Mike. Tell me what you don't know. Is there anything you don't know? <laughs> um, awesome. There's there's not much you can say about this match. Or you can almost say you can almost say too much. There's just so much going on. It's like yeah. you, you've said before. The storytelling's really good. Uh, I was like blown away by Eddie Guerrero. I, I thought '97's play too early for him to be this character. He's got so much character to him. He looks amazing. Yeah. He's he's in ring is like aggressive. He's thrown mm-hmm. Mysterio about like he means it. Yeah, I, I thought it was amazing. So good. Yeah. I think uh, you quite often hear, you hear, I think Bruce Pritchard's one that said it quite a lot, that he viewed Guerrero as like a, a Latino Shawn Michaels. That's that's how he viewed him. And I think, you know, people that have maybe only seen a few matches here and there maybe think, hey, well, mm. but I think if you see a match like this, it's a totally different type of performer, but I think I get it in terms of just the level that he's showing here. I mean, if you're WWE at the time, I think it makes sense that you look and say, we, we want to get that guy at some point Definitely. because we can really make something of him, um, which obviously they did. It's amazing to think Disco Inferno is a champion, a TV, I think he's TV champion here. Yeah. Um, who had the United States? Was it Kurt Hennig or, or, or Flair? One yeah. of the two. You kind of really yeah. crumble there. But you've got Hogan ho- holding up the title and it. it could potentially be a special attraction. And, and Benoit was nowhere to be seen in this pay-per-view. Um, obviously we've got Jericho, but <clears throat> I would say based on this pay-per-view, Guerrero's like head and shoulders above Jericho from yeah. a character and uh, yeah. standpoint. And, and the, he's over 
massively. Big Ed, Eddie mm-hmm. Sucks chants, you know, nobody's sitting on their hands here like they're loving it. Yeah. And I think we come out the end of the match with both guys a lot more elevated than what they were, but you know, before yeah. coming in, and that's what more can you ask for? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. It's because the, the, the finish, I think, is Eddie's trying to get him up in like a razor's edge type yeah. move yeah. Uh, off the top, and Guerrero so I turned it's almost like a sunset flip that he brings him down for, for the three, but it's quite. It's quite quick, and you're it's like tight. thinking, "There's nothing in it," you know. Uh, again, you've elevated both. You can go again, you know. Uh-huh. There's, there's absolutely no reason for these two not to be able to go again. Um, yeah, enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And, and Eddie, of course, attacks him almost immediately afterwards. And yeah. um, you mentioned it as well that Eddie had been scratching and and uh, scraping at his his mask, half the masks. Um, mm-hmm. Hanging off Mysterio, he comes up to the camera. Yeah, that's so good. One of one of the best matches you could see, and certainly in WCW history, I would say. That's not. Did you check the Meltzer rating for it? Uh, four and three quarter. I, I, I okay. think. Okay. Come on, Dave. Come on, I mean, Dave. He, he he never gave Kurt Angle a five star. <laughs> so you know. What's he doing? Uh, that would have had. You know, uh, it'd be interesting to see where that that finished in a a match of the year. You've got Austin mm-hmm. Austin Hart that year, which I believe yeah. Um, yeah. tops it. But there can be many more. That no, would. no, great. And you know, I think a big difference is we. I think it's probably safe to say, as being middle aged outlaws, that um, neither of us are into too much of the acrobatic choreographed stuff. Here it works, but also there's a story. It's not just that. There's a story holding yeah. it all together, um, and that makes a big difference for me. Uh, if if you can bring that to the table as well as, you know, executing quite a quite a varied move set and quite a original for the time in that kind of arena move set. Yeah, I just thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Hi, uh, I, I was going to say I, I like. I, th- I think that. The storyline, along with how, how they told the story about Luchador and, and what it means to lose mm-hmm. a mask, like it gives justification for some of the stuff that Mysterio yeah. was pulling out. And Eddie's just yeah. a bad man; like he just wants yeah. to hurt him. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay, top of the aisle, the Mean Gene. He's plugging that hotline like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> um, we then jump to the low light, and this that says a lot. But that we we then go to the low light. Of this pay-per-view, we're in a black and white locker room with Hogan and Bischoff. Bischoff is touching Hogan's biceps for some reason. Weird. Bischoff clearly trying to get heat. He keeps talking about the Turner suits. I can imagine that he is like giving himself wee cheaps, get saying mm-hmm. that sort of stuff about Turner yeah. suits. Yeah. Hogan then goes off on a tirade of absolute babbling nonsense. He talks about it to, at the start. He's talking about being a god of professional wrestling. He, uh, they're talking about him not going to turn up to the main event if Sting's going to be allowed in the in the building. But then he he goes off for another good five six minutes. So long, it just kept going. And Hogan can deliver 
good promos. We've seen Hogan do good mm-hmm. promos and heat seeking promos as well from his uh, sort of NWO peak. Um, but I don't. I I didn't come out of it thinking I know exactly what the message was supposed to be here. I was like, I just kept thinking that what? went on so long, <laughs> and I definitely stopped listening. Like, yeah, me too. Quite quite early on. Um, yeah. So yeah. I didn't I, I didn't know at the time until this was mentioned, so I suppose this helps a little bit, that we're obviously at the point in time where Sting is in the rafters yeah. and watching and um, Hogan, that seems to be his issue, that he doesn't feel safe with uh, knowing that Sting could be there and could appear at any point in time, but Jesus, he found a long way of saying it. Yeah, and they're doing the whole like you know the crowd aren't safe with a maniac up there, and mm-hmm. they could come flying down and hurt your children or whatever. But God, yeah. Uh, okay, match four is a uh, Mongo McMichael, the the previously mentioned Mongo McMichael uh, taking on a mystery opponent. <laughs> it's funny. So this match is, you know, that this match is stinking. Is 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 Steve McMichael versus. Der Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Um, he was all, he, he was another one that had a dancing gimmick, wasn't he? Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah. But the commentators do this match so dirty because they barely commentate on it. They just speak about Hogan. Yeah. Almost the whole they, time. They they did because obviously the threat's been there that Hogan is going to not wrestle in the main event. But there were there were many issues I had with this, <laughs> like. But Mongo McMichael should not be in a wrestling ring. Everything oh, yeah. he does looks awful. But also, you're you're the Deborah McMichael character. She's done this promo earlier where she's talking about it's not person one, it's not person two. That's like, a good, that's you're a good doing, Deborah impression, by the way. If, if you're doing that it. build, like it, surely the person that is has to be somebody. They have to be, you know. <laughs> Uh, Alex Wright looked like he's probably okay in the ring, but it, it's not like people are like, "Wow, it's Alex Wright." <laughs> like, she she wanted. To, do you remember when? Um, remember in twenty 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 Royal Rumble when uh, was that in during the COVID or was that twenty twenty one? Twenty twenty one. There was a Royal Rumble. Yeah. There was a Royal Rumble they did in the Thunderdome. And there was nobody there. Like one, maybe. Um, and Christian came back, and he'd, he'd not wrestled for like however uh-huh. ne- many years. And Michael Cole went, "It's, it's Christian." <laughs> <laughs> that was what Shivoni did. He was like, "And it's Alex Wright." <laughs> so good, uh... Deborah. That's not not the reaction. Um, she was looking for. What I thought you were going to say when you were going to say Mongo shouldn't be allowed, he certainly should not be allowed to be given out tombstones. No, 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 <laughs> never, never. Yeah, no. Like, I've just, I just remembered what happens at the end of this match. I'd like you to carry on with your issues with this match because that's going to be amusing. Um, so I, I, I don't have all that much in my notes. I've got Mongo with the pile driver, and then I've got, oh, Goldberg's here. And then he jumps in the ring, spearing the jackhammer, who, and then he throws Mongo to right for for the pin. And then, um, like, I did have something like 
the the ref seemed to be like trying so hard not to see everything that was going on behind them and every time he half turned around he was like oh they're still doing it okay i better <laughs> pretend to still be speaking to deborah on the outside and i don't know if it just that bit maybe went on way longer than it was supposed to but i was feeling for the ref there because i thought he was made to look like a bloody idiot yeah he was the only one that kind of was trying so yeah. so so goldberg jumps in the ring within mongo's uh line of vision. Mongo mm-hmm. then goes out of his way to look away from where Goldberg is, so that's one. <laughs> Mongo's then got his back to the referee who's arguing with Deborah, and Goldberg spears him into the ref. The ref right. tries not to notice that's... as well. Jack hammers oh. him. Deborah stopped arguing <laughs> with the ref at this point, It's but there's still the action's still going on in the ring with Goldberg, so the ref goes to turn around, sees that it's still going on, and then has a sort of one-sided <laughs> argument with himself. Uh, what an absolute uh, mess. I, I was thinking, I, t- I, I take it where... Does Go- is Goldberg on this card, or is this his only... No, this is it. Why did he yeah. just have Goldberg be the surprise person? Yeah. and that's obviously... he's. He's there. He's started, no doubt, winning matches and getting noticed. And Mongo's obviously going to be his next main opponent. You're so next. yeah, that it, it is. I think the crowd would maybe be like, "Oh, if they saw Goldberg come out at that moment, rather than like, it's Alex, right?" Yeah. Oh dear. I've, I've wrote here. God, they've got that. They've got the cheek to show replays of that as well. <laughs> Poor ref. Um. So yeah, who picks up the win? Alex Wright, and we see Deborah um, pay off Goldberg. Just pay him to have been the wrestler in the first place. Does she, does she give him Mongo's Super Bowl ring? Oh, that's what she she gives him the Super Bowl is. ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Goldberg seems like <sighs> the kind of guy that would pro- that would still be wearing it. Yeah, like now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And barking at people on the street. <laughs> um, we're back in the NWO locker room. With the Macho Man and Elizabeth, um, I like this. Macho Man's talking about being the best wrestler in the world. Not something that I can ever remember him talking about. No, yeah, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, I, I don't think Savage should ever been in the NWO. Nah, he would have been a good one to always be trying to disrupt things for them. Aye. I think. That's, I think he's bigger than... He's bigger he's, than he, ridiculous yeah. as that sounds, but I feel like he's bigger than it. Well, as soon as he's in it, he's under Hogan. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that, I think, limits. And, you know, certainly when I... I he was he was my favourite. He was my favourite wrestler when I grew up. I, not only when he was, you know, Macho Man uh, winning the title in the tournament and then teaming with Hogan and all that, I still loved him when he turned heel. I thought he was brilliant when he turned heel and was Macho, Macho King, King. and yeah. I, I, I loved all that stuff. So yeah, I've always seen him as like a top of the card guy. Yeah, I think I think even when he was a face, he had a bit of a nasty streak about him. So there, there was an edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, favorite version of Elizabeth, NWO Elizabeth, or classic Elizabeth? Um, I'll go. Your, I'll go classic. Like, I think the thing for me, and the look, the I thought the look was the look was good. I was fine with the look, but 
I just don't think of her as having that sort of edge about her. I thought she played being the innocent one incredibly well. Like, I thought that was just a perfect, perfect role for her. Okay. Okay. You're going NWO. Definitely. (laughs) Okay, match five. We spoke about this. Disco Inferno, who's the television champion, is taking on Jacqueline in a special man versus woman match. Um, Apparently the WCW board were not willing to put the the television championship on the line. Um, So, yeah. Disco... We've spoke about him probably far too much already. Disco Inferno must have had one of the worst gimmicks ever. Like, yeah. everybody's yes. doing his dance move, but he's supposed to be a heel. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, the, I've got in my notes as a crowd into this because I find that insane. Because <laughs> I think the crowd were like singing along and stuff like that. And then Dusty pipes up with, and, and he, the way he said it made me laugh. And now we're faced with a man and a woman trying to beat each other up. And I, I don't know why, but it got me. Just the way he said it. It's like, obviously. Like he's trying to clean it in his head of what's happening. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, not, not every bit of booking Dusty did was great, but he's probably looking thinking, nah, nah, I've, I wouldn't put this on. Nah, no chance. <laughs> um, Disco is refusing to engage pretty much. He's just running. I mean, we get a, a lot of this match is Disco running outside, sticking his head outside yeah. the ropes, run, running around the ring. Uh, once we get down to business, Jackie, uh, I'm sure, is regretting the attire that she's decided to wear. She has a few <laughs> issues, much to Dusty's entertainment. Um, but, like, I, I, believe, I think Jacqueline was a uh, was quite a good a good woman wrestler on the in the territories. Yeah, yeah, um, I think she Smoky was Mountain highly. As well. I think she was highly thought of. I think part of the the reason they they ended up bringing her in and establishing her for quite a while in WWF was to try and help the other women wrestle in, right. in the ring. Because um, obviously they'd, they'd kind of gone for the look ahead of the talent um, in yes. in a lot of uh, situations, but. I think she she was well respected. I didn't like. I'm not a Disco Inferno fan. I I hated this match. I I don't think it should be on a pay per view. But if you put this on TV, I didn't hate the way his character handled it because you're in a no win situation and there's nothing. What what can you realistically do? Um, and I thought, what what would if you take this sort of professional, you know, fighter or entertainer out of it what would a person do in that scenario and it's maybe not that far off it's just I just want to stay away from this mm. but in every movie did he was kind of he'd start it normally and then do it quite gently yeah. and, uh, and then like back away from it um, but yeah I, I, I don't ever want to see stuff like this on pay-per-view it, why, is, why is it here? <laughs> you say a little bit about well, WCW and WWF to be fair. Someone paid hmm. to watch this. People. Many people. I think the crowd were quite into it to be fair. Yeah. This seems hmm. like something they would do with the Miz. <laughs> yeah, probably. But he would probably win. He would like yeah. cheat and roll them up and win. Yeah. That's bound to have happened. Um eventually Jackie gets a few moves in. Nice suplex, nice DDT, uh, and she eventually gets a roll up and beats the Disco Inferno. Um, 
And do you think that this was some sort of punishment? Is that what you, yeah, you seem to be I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the circumstances were when he was first, obviously, initially asked to do it, but um, it sounded like that is what caused them to leave. And then, yeah, it basically did read like, yeah, you can come back as long as you do what it sounded like we asked you to do in the first place. Do the job. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, The commentators are getting themselves very worked up. I I, I feel like they're overselling the fact. We we all know that Hogan is going to is going to fight in the main event. However, they're um, they're very much getting worked up about the fact. How, how could he possibly, you know, Heenan, the best about it is Heenan, because he's like, he's always been like this. He's been like this his whole career. He's he's cheated his way at titles and all that. It's just like, this is an opportunity for him to tell people uh-huh. once again how much of a dick Hulk Hogan is. Yeah, I've always said, you know, a key to this when you're acting like a heel is... To believe that you're right, and he a hundred percent believes that Hogan is this guy. <laughs> Class. Um, okay, okay. Uh, next match is Kurt Hennig versus Ric Flair for the US Championship. Um, I wasn't a hundred percent clear who was the champion here. Certainly, uh, I think it's Henning. Is he? Uh, he's, he's he stole Flair's robe. Um, I wasn't entirely sure if he'd stole his title as well, but. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's champion. Yeah, this sounds like a bit of a dream match on paper. Did these two ever do uh, WWF during Flares? They were aligned, yeah. were they? So yeah, they were. They were aligned. The the main thing I remember is um, when Henning uh, ended up stepping in to be Savage's partner. Against was it like Flair and Razor Ramon or someone oh, yes. like that? Was that like a SummerSlam? It, it was supposed to be series. Warrior, and then Warrior got fired, uh-huh. um, and Henning stepped in, and they kind of, I think they had to rush it a little bit. But I do also remember that the, I think it's maybe the first ever Raw they do a loser leaves town match between yes. the two of them, and. Uh, it's Flair's going back to WCW, so Henning Henning wins that. But nice. I did when I was watching it, I just kept thinking, I, I wish I could have seen the two of them at their you know physical best. Because mm-hmm. um, Henning's a bit beyond that here. Um, you know, if you think back to what he was in like the the Bret Hart matches, um, if you could have got like that Henning against Ric Flair, I think that that could have been great. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah, you, when you see Henning here, 97, 98, he's joined the NWO, and you just kind of, it makes you a little bit sad because you, you think mm-hmm. you're just sort of seeing somebody that, that's not at the peak of their powers that are that are really, really good. Yeah. What do you think of this match? I, I, I thought it, some of it was all right. Like, I think... Um, Flair seemed ridiculously heated and up for it, which he did. I, I like. He, he didn't even do the strolling with the robe. I mean, his robe had been stolen, and that Henning had his robe on. But like the way he runs down just to start the match, and he seems so emotional and angry. Um, and I thought, you know, some of the interaction was okay. I've got stuff in my notes about. I really wish Tony and Dusty would shut up about the Hogan situation. They're obviously <laughs> talking about it all the way through this match, and it's starting to get on my nerves. Um, 
you get some of the classic stuff between the two, like um, the Henning doing his uh, his neck breaker. Um, you get, I think, Flair does his over the post and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that, I imagine, when you book this match, those are the kind of things you want to see. You want to get some of the the sort of classic hits in. Um, they told a story about so Perfect had been involved in injuring Flair by slamming the cage door on his head at War Games, I think. Yes, yep. Um, so they'd given a bit of story and reason for uh, Flair to be, I think, as emotional as he was going into this. And Henning does quite a sustained attack on the head um, yeah. of Flair. Um, but I was laughing I at the com- commentary team saying that he's concentrating on his head. It's kind of like, well, he's, they're in a fight. <laughs> but I did... I think there was always this sort of lingering thought in the back of my mind. I wish, I wish they were both just at their peak because uh, what a matchup it would be. Yeah, and to think that Ric Flair's probably going to have a match next year, retiring Sting. Oh yeah, a <laughs> match? No, he's probably no. But you know, how, oh. how many years ago is this? Twenty twenty six years ago, and we're talking about Flair not being at his at his peak. Yeah, I'd seen something about him because he had that like they publicised Ric Flair's last match didn't they and they did a show but yeah. I've seen him since say and he, he kind of regrets doing that and I was like oh no he's he still got one in more ring. in him he, wants to die. he said before he wants to die in the ring what better place he said mental well AEW's yeah, the mean, place to do it because they do not take <laughs> care of each other there <laughs> stick him in a match with John Moxley or something I mean, as a viewer, I just don't want to see anyone die in the ring. No. Just, yeah. Remember when Frank Mir and Brock Lesnar were having their um, UFC rivalry and, and Mir always said, I, I'm willing to die in there to beat Brock Lesnar. It's like, don't do that. Like, please, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, these two kind of a bit like watching a mirror image of each other at times, mm-hmm. um, certainly with the way that they go about sort of tactically. Uh, wrestling a match, they're both going after each other's knees for a little while mm-hmm. um, before that sustained work on the head uh, is that, that approach is taken by, by Hennig um, kind of funny finish <laughs> this is quite a typical WCW finish yeah. and it, it seems like we're getting a straightforward match but we can't quite get a straightforward finish and uh, Flair has Hennig hang up and upside down in the turnbuckle, so a, a tree of woe position. He wraps the belt around his head, which I've never seen anybody do, <laughs> and nope. starts stamping on him, and the ref's yep. enough, he DQs him. Um, I've also never seen, you know, we've seen Brock Lesnar manhandle referees as they come out uh-huh. to try and, and, and bigger guys, but I love that Flair's just got the fist up and he's ready to just yep. slug it out with the refs. He's, he's, yep. he's really hot. I love it. Yeah, um, I think they... They, they went for the, obviously they were going for the eye for an eye situation, uh, you know, return a, a head injury. Yeah, but I was thinking that as I've got it in my notes, I, I don't think I've ever seen Flair. He's obviously, he's very emotional, he's very wound up in the moment, but the way he was going at and threatening the refs and all that, I don't think it would. He's normally your sort of cool, you know, um, laid back guy. Um and yeah, that had just all gone out the window, which I don't mind. That's fine. That was good. Um, eventually, the B squad of the NWO come running out. But interestingly, they don't attack Flair. They just come to the rescue of 
of Hennig. So yeah. we've got Vincent and Conan. Yeah. Um, I think I wrote that... C list. Thank you. You're being kind with B. <laughs> I suppose that's probably about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we're at the internet position again. This is with the yeah. Macho Man. He um, he he grumbles his way through this promo. He's obviously used up all his promo juice with his best wrestler mm. alive promo from earlier. He's still saying a lot of the same things. I don't know why they did this. Maybe for I was, time. Yeah, I was a bit annoyed they did. <laughs> he, 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 when the last promo finished, I'm like, right, I'm ready. I'm ready for Savage. Bring it on. Um, yeah, there was no, there was no need to have him on camera again until he was going out for his man. It's a lot of matches on this card. I, I thought we must have been at the main event, but we're we're nowhere near. Um, nah. Ah, here comes our guy. Mean Gene is standing at the top of the aisle and he is with J.J. Dillon. The man. J.J. Oh. Um, says that the main event cage match will be going ahead and the NWO can't weasel their way out of it. Uh, Bischoff comes sneaking up behind J.J., starts questioning his authority and what level of stroke do you have to do this? <laughs> and J.J. very very arrogantly pulls out a contract and gives it to Bischoff. Hogan and Bischoff have asked for the contract. The WCW committee have given them the contract. You would think they would be happy, but Bischoff is oh. not happy at all. Oh, he's, he's pissed. Yeah, very emotional. Um, and it's at this point that I started thinking, and I think I text you saying, so... Is this pay-per-view being built around teasing that Sting's going to be on it? And I take it Sting's not going to be on it in proper WCW fashion, but we'll get to that. And you're like, have you finished the pay-per-view yet? And I'm like, oh, okay. I'll keep watching. <laughs> uh, okay, next match uh, is NWO versus WCW. Scott Hall, who's accompanied by Six, versus Lex Luger. And we've got a special guest referee, Larry Sbisco. Um, I think that we have watched the pay-per-view. Is it is it the pay-per-view after this where Scott Hall's then taken on Larry Sbisco? It might be, yeah. It would make sense, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. I like the start of this where Hall just, you know, Sbisco's telling him to get rid of the toothpick, so Hall just throws it right in his face. Hall is amazing. <laughs> he, he's, he's, like, as soon as he walks out, he oozes cool. He just does. He's he's the coolest guy in the room, and it's in such an effortless way. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't need to do anything. It just it's just there. Um, and I think I've got a feeling we maybe talked about this the last time. I think he and Zabisco go way back. Like I think you know territories. They 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 knew each other mm-hmm. and had worked with each other. Um, so I was I, I was remembering that when this started as well. We've seen these two end up in a match with each other, um, and I don't I don't love every match that he's in, but I always find if Scott Hall's in it, I find something watchable there because mm. he's just so good. He does cool stuff. Yeah, like we've talked about the the followaway slam and uh, just yeah, his discus yeah. punch sort of thing as well. He just he does cool mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I don't mind Larry Sbisco, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. He plays a good role here. I don't know. How's it, do we get any background as to why he's the special guest referee? No. I don't think we do. I, I don't think so. I don't have anything written down 
about that? I think at one point Zbysko tells Six to get out of here. You're going to the back, but he just stays. Yeah. Yeah, because I think the announcers even pick up on it. They're like, hey, send him out of there, and then, nah, it's just, it's just there. Some diabolical person in the crowd at one point shouts, you dye your hair at Lex Luger. Oh. That's, like, a... that's just going to hurt his feelings. It's a, it's a bit far. It's a bit much. Can I grow up? Um, I quite enjoyed this match, to be honest. Well, once it started to get towards the sort of end end of it and, and all the shenanigans with Zbysko and all that, I, I didn't mind it. There wasn't a lot of great wrestling on show. Nah, I, I think because Bischoff comes down, doesn't he? Um, yep. And I think as soon as that happens, I'm like, okay. Because I, I was quite intrigued by, because Zbysko had been making a big thing about how he's going to call it down the middle. And uh, I'd been thinking, right, what's what's he really going to do? Because they've, I think, established him. He's definitely been on commentary and stuff like that as a WCW guy. He's he's going to oppose the NW. Um, and knowing that we have this match later, I thought, is this going to be what whatever ignites the, the whole in Zabisco feud? So I was kind of looking for it. Um, but when Bischoff came down, I'm like, I get a little bit like, uh, okay. Um, so he's going to get Bischoff involved. Bischoff being involved with stuff in the ring is quite annoying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like distracting the ref and I think Six kicks Luger in the head or something like that. Um, and it, uh, that, that's, I think that's that's where the finish, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. there's a razor's edge and Zabisco counts the one, counts the two. He very much plays that he does not want to count the three, but he feels he has to, so he does, and declares Hall the winner um, very, very reluctantly. And then he uh, he asks to see the replay, which in wrestling, how how many? You remember the whole stramash about the Liverpool Spurs thing? I mean, how many matches are we going to replay here? Exactly. If, uh, if Larry's just just asking to see the replay, and is this going um, for Larry? Can, can we can we go back in time and, and change results? In so, he uh, he sees the kick by six, calls them back, says he wants the match to resume. I think uh, does Luca go straight to a torture rack for for Hall? I think um, Hall starts pushing Larry. Larry pushes him back oh, and he pushes him right it. into the torture yeah. rack. Um, and then you've got... I think he's... Is he just about to call for the bell? And then Six takes out Larry. Um, Larry starts choking Six. Yeah, he sticks him in a guillotine. <laughs> he does. He barely uh, make it back up the aisle after it. Yeah, and then Bischoff and, and Hall are there, and the numbers game's catching up with uh, living legend Larry. Um, Bischoff, like... Oh, he's too much taekwondo stuff. Oh, yeah, so he does. No, uh, Hall counts the three for, for Hall Bischoff. Hall counts the three for Bischoff, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, was this was this like a no contest or something? It's, it was a I, bit I wasn't hard sure to keep if, track if Hall had maybe... I think Hall had submitted, but yeah, I think it was right. no contest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A, a bit for a, the ring, Bischoff. A bit too much, I think, for me at the end. Um, just a bit, a bit over the top 
uh, with the shenanigans. But yeah. I, I, I like I like Hall. I, I like Zabisco as well. I'd probably be curious. I think he he had like we've seen him maybe teaming with Arn Anderson at yeah. a point, yeah. and I'd like to see more of that team. That's something nice. I would go back and look at. I think. Like it. Um, that was Six's last ever um, WCW pay per view. Uh, okay. And then I think he gets fired. Does it? He gets suspended, doesn't he? Because they're giving him, you know, like when Nash and Hall come down the ring, they're going like shout to my man Pack at home and all this. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets fired and ends up going back the night after WrestleMania. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Match number eight on the card is a sudden death match. And I was like, sudden death match? <laughs> Owen Hart would be awful at the... Nah, it's not funny. Stop that. Uh, match one, Randy Savage versus Diamond Dallas Page. NWO versus WCW again. A sudden death match appears to be a last man standing match. Yeah. Did you know that? No. I had no idea what the match was going to be going in until they started explaining it. Uh, DDP's... Do you think DDP started DDP yoga because of how sore his ribs were? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got that. DDP out with injured ribs. Is it my imagination or does DDP <laughs> always have injured ribs? He's always taped up. Every single match. Like for years. Years yeah. and years. Seems it's to worse like than... That. It's worse than um, uh, D'Lo Brown with the chest protector. It's worse <laughs> than that. Poor guy. I hope they're okay now. Um, it's amazing how much DDPs went from wrestling Mark Merrow to now wrestling Randy Savage and, and how yeah. elevated he's become. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, was over that just the, course the previous of year? Yeah. I think so. Or was it two uh, years before? A couple of years, remember. maybe. Um there was something that leapt out of me right at the start of this. There was a really old man in the crowd <laughs> holding up an NWO sign. He's an old man with a moustache. I was looking thinking, that's weird. It just seemed really <laughs> backward to me. I was thinking, surely that's your WCW guy. That's your Ric Flair guy. That's your Horseman guy. But nah, nah. He had his NWO sign. Weird. Brilliant. Was it Harvey Whippleman? <laughs> I need to go back and watch. I need to go back and find this guy. He's probably about 35 or something. You're just scraping him. an old man. It's funny seeing uh, DDP doing a dive over the top rope. You know, he does a sort of slingshot. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. a, that's a big man doing that. Like, Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's easy just to sort of overlook that. He's, he's huge. So I quite enjoyed mm-hmm. this match. I thought it was good fun. Yeah, I thought this was okay. It's it's quite it's it's basically a brawl. It's pretty uh-huh. intense. Um, they're out, they're in the crowd fighting. Um, I think you know they're out by the they've got the bit with the tombstones and all that on the staging area and things like that. Although the structure of them becomes quite clear when DDP sends Savage through one of them. It must be like cardboard it's or like something like that. Or something. Yeah, like. It comes apart pretty easily. Um, that, I enjoyed this, but there's a point. Dusty just starts ranting on about something. Yes. I have no idea what he was talking about, but I don't know why he was ruining the match for me. Yeah, I don't know what he said either, but I've got shut up Dusty in my notes. Uh, but yeah, this this match was, uh, as soon as they went into the crowd and then they were up the aisle and all that, I was thinking, this is WrestleMania 10 with Crush. 
That's what this was nah. reminding me of because they've quite a similar match. Yeah. Um, they're alike that Savage grabbed the camera for the, the, the video camera for the cameraman. Don't know if that was previously set up, but these are the things about Savage that you love because yeah, like was, the guy um, terrified. It's one of the Crockets. So one oh, of the Crockets used to be basically kept stayed on working as a cameraman. I think they said it's Jackie Crockett. Oh. Um, and that bit. <laughs> I did think Tony Schiavone got a wee bit carried away because um, when the camera... Does DDP... Does he connect he, with Savage he, before he can do something with the camera? Yeah, or does up. he knock it into him or something like that? Yeah. Um, but the camera's looking a bit worse for wear laying there on the mat. And I'm sure Tony Schiavone suggests it costs a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> you're shopping in the wrong place, Tony, if you're playing a hundred grand for a camera. <laughs> class um, it's at this point that yeah so DDP kicks up and they both go down and we've had mm-hmm. a lot of 10 counts but a lot of the time when you get a last man standing match the, the continuous 10 counts can become quite monotonous and you, it's mm-hmm. just like oh let's get on with this but this did not feel like this at all yeah. I found um, it's at this point it's looking like they both could be counted out so Elizabeth comes round and she just smashes up the ref yeah. That, that's what Dusty was going on about. He's going on about a waitress hitting you with, with a with a ta- um, with a tray, and then, and then he's like, uh, "I told you, I told you." Cause she had like a like a waitress tray. Um, uh, she she smashes a sort of glass plate over the the ref's head to get him to stop counting. Pretty clever. Uh, she then starts choking out DDP. Uh, um, much to your non-amusement, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, but here comes Kimberly. Is that yep. right? Yep. And sh- she grabs a holder and gra- grabs her by the hair and drags her to the back, basically. Dusty gets a wee bit excited about that as well. Can't fight! <laughs> I was like, oh God, is Jerry Lawler on commentary? <laughs> Suddenly. Uh. Hey, DDP once they both come to DDP does that sort of rubbish styles clash thing that he does flapjack I think mm-hmm. they were calling it he gets a big comeback he goes for the diamond cutter which is at this point I guess huge um, yep. and, and massively over but Savage does a cool thing where he just grabs top rope and he's going down but he stops and, and DDP um, goes down and Savage manages to reverse it. He does what appears to be a flying elbow, but it's more like a just sort of fall fall from the top rope, mm-hmm. uh, which is yeah. quite good. He's selling how how knackered he is and, and yep. how hurt he is. Um, yep. DDP eventually gets up from that and manages to hit the diamond cutter out of nowhere, but in performing it, he knocks down Nick Patrick, who's come out to ref uh, after Elizabeth takes the other one out. Um, he tries for it again. Savage hits a low blow this time again, which is which is great. Uh, yeah. And as he does, he hits this low blow, and Diamond Dallas Page rolls to the outside. Then Fake Sting comes walking out and does a wee dunk with the baseball bat. Yep. Um, and you know. We're speaking about that. That must have been Hogan because, yeah, 
Hogan does the worst shots. Yeah, I think with all with... chair shots, bat shots, everything. Hogan... Now, I get it. He's trying not to hurt the guy, and that's commendable, but they look terrible <laughs> when he does them. Hogan knows best. <laughs> um, that, that spells the end. He's not getting up for that horrendous baseball bat shot, and, uh, and Savage wins. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was thinking when I saw this, because I remember there was DDP was... I either read this or heard this somewhere, but he, he apparently loved his programme with Savage. I think they went a few matches between the two of them. Nice. Um, and he felt like the, getting the rub of working with somebody like Savage was getting him massively over. And then apparently Savage turned to him one night and said, basically, I, I'm going to take the diamond cutter tonight. And DDP was like, what? Wait, are you, are you going to kick out? He's like, no. <laughs> I take the diamond cutter. I look at the lights. That's it. It's like, and he was astonished. It's like, I get to beat Macho Man with Amazing. the diamond cutter, and apparently it was basically Savage's call. He was like, yeah, yeah, it's time. It's time to put him over. So That's I like cool. That. Yeah. That's cool. I'd like to hear more stories like that about Savage and what it was mm-hmm. like because all you hear is that he was the same person, and yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine. You know, stories like that are just nice to hear. Yeah. Um, does DDP have a podcast? He did. He stopped doing it. He he had one with Jake, um, and now it's just just Jake on his own. I think he just uh, had too much going on by the sounds of it. He could have called it. Is that a rip? It was. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much better. I can't remember. It was called, it was called DDP's Snake Pit, and now it's just Ooh. the Snake Pit. Oh, yeah. oh well. Uh, I like that match. That's up there with uh, uh, completely different, but up there with Eddie and Ray for me. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say second best match on the card for me. Um, quite comfortably, I would think. I don't, yeah. I don't think there was anything to really compete with it. Um, but I, there, I find DDP. He has got a bit more entertaining, and it's not that he's doing anything massively over the top. I think we talked before about him like finding his character and I think uh-huh. it maybe is just that. He's he's matured, he's more experienced and he's just kinda of found who he's wanting to be in the ring and it, it just works now I think. Yeah. He's he's got a good presence and he's he is charismatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, aye. Okay. Michael Buffers been wheeled back out. He's ready to get the party started. He tells us that this match is a grudge match. A steel cage grudge match. Um, between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hollywood Hulk Hogan, what are you going to say? Just had so little enthusiasm for this. Like, I was immediately thinking, all right, buffer, big match, feel. Piper it's, v. It's Hogan. not, though, is it? No. If they did buffer once a year, I feel like it would have made more yeah. impact. Yeah. What's the script with the cage? What do you mean? Like the cage, it's not the usual WC oh, type of cage. Yes, the WCW cage is. That thing looked like it was ready to go. Yeah, blow they, over. I think they talk about because they, they, I'm sure Shivani talks about there there being different types of cage, and this is a. I can't remember what he says, but I'm sure he's talking about, it and it, it made me wonder: was it always the plan that the cage looked like this, or have they had to? You know, improvise for some reason because I, I like, thought it's weird that he's kind of explaining that this, I don't know, doesn't quite look right. I wondered if they were trying to replicate the hell in the cell because there's a lot of room between the cage mm. and the yeah. outside of the ring because the hell yeah, in the cell maybe. would obviously just 
debuted the month before. Um, maybe no, and maybe it was similar to the one that that Sting and them were swinging. Remember, there's like a Tarzan rope yeah. in it and all that. Um, yeah, it's maybe the same. But yeah, two big guys climbing up and down it quite a lot mm-hmm. uh, in this match, and it, it just looks like it could go at any point. There was a moment quite early on in this which takes me back to something you mentioned before from earlier about there being similar move sets to to what we've seen previously. I think Hogan is the third time, third person to do the I am walking back down the ramp thing. Mm. I don't need this. I don't want this. I'm sure he's the third on the night to to do it. I mean, once, that's fine. Hennig definitely does it. Yeah, I'm sure there was another. It's funny. (sighs) I'm sure that the commentators, first of all, this match is not great. And it's pretty much punch, kick, punch, kick. Yeah. I'm sure the commentators indicated that if you leave the cage, you would win. They did. Um, within 30 <laughs> seconds of this match starting, they're both outside the cage. Yep. And they're starting to back. Oh, he, sh- he shoved him out and, the- and all that sort of thing. They were trying to find a way of explaining it, I think. <sighs> um, yeah. I thought, to, to be fair to Piper, he looked in pretty good physical condition. Yeah. But I think that's because of that that Royal Rumble that time at Madison Square Garden when he came out. And remember him and Snooker come out? Yeah. And he's not in great physical <laughs> yeah, condition. Yeah, wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this match just gets more and more bizarre as it gets towards the end, doesn't it? We get multiple stings... Or, or men with sting masks on yep. um, appearing down the aisle through the crowd as the match goes on. Uh, they're stopping Hogan from leaving. Mm-hmm. The the two of them spend most of the match climbing up and down the cage, punching each other. Um, Hogan eventually gets the, the bell off and starts whipping on Piper. I've got his whip and I'm like a government mule. Shout out. Yeah, classic. Shout out, yeah. Jim. Um, yeah. There's no ref in the match. There's a ref outside. Yeah. Hogan hits a leg drop twice and beckons the ref in to come and count. That was weird. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're just making it up as they're going along, eh? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that they... I don't know. Do you think anyone sat in the back and said, this is going to happen, then this, then this, then this? Like, the whole thing with the stings, because there's one sting at first, and your sort of question is, is that the real sting? Is it not the real sting? Um, And then a second one appears, and I'm thinking, right, maybe one of them's the real sting, and one of them is not. And one of them's going to side with Hogan, one of them's going to try and hinder Hogan. But then, no, then there's just more stings appearing. I I think there's about six. Yeah, there's 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 quite a few, and then um, you get another uh, person getting themselves involved as well. Yeah. So is this is that after the match is over? No. So uh, what have I got? So Savage ends up getting involved as well, doesn't he? So uh, yeah, Hogan. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, that's who I thought you were referring to, but now I understand. All right. So uh, Hogan smacks Piper with the title, drops the leg. Piper kicked out of that. I'd, like, <laughs> oh, brother. That really, like, if you're going to have a guy kick out after a <laughs> hit from the title belt and then a leg drop, go and make it somebody you can build that or you do can something make. with. Exactly. And make Fuck it their sake. moment that, you know, um, 
Savage appears, climbs the cage. Savage comes off the top, um, but Piper, I think, moves. Savage hits Hogan. Piper locks in the sleeper. Oh, you've, you've completely undersold that. <laughs> Savage. That cage must be what? Oh. I think Shivani says 25 feet in there. It's clearly not 25 feet. Say 15. Yeah. Say, could it be I about 15 feet in the air and Savage mm-hmm. jumps from the top of it doing a yeah. double axe handle, completely misses both guys <laughs> and must do damage to his knees. Yeah, I d- you can't land like that and not. Um, Jesus. And then, yeah, that, that, that leads to the finish, which is Piper with the sleeper, Hogan's arm drops three times. Uh, I think once I've... As soon as I've realised this was non-title, I've thought, yeah, Piper will, Piper will win this match. Um, and uh, and you then get Savage and Piper fighting in the ring as Bischoff comes down. Um, and then when does the fan jump in? So so, so some of the stings start getting involved. Yeah. And Hogan's beating up the stings. The guy's mask comes off almost immediately. Yeah. yeah. It just looks ridiculous. Um they start handcuffing Piper, Savage Piper, and Hogan. Yeah. So they uh, handcuff Piper to the cage. Um, and then a fan jumps out the crowd, but he's tracked by a camera the whole way. Yeah. I found that weird. So, like, when it happened, I was thinking, could this somehow be the real sting? But I thought, he's not big enough. He didn't nah. look big enough to be the real sting. Uh, but I thought, it must be somebody, because the camera's tracking and like, I'm just so used to. Surely you cut away. You just cut away. Don't need to see this. Yes. Move on to someone else. But they stuck with it for quite a while. And he scales the cage so fast. Mm-hmm. I think. So I've tried to read to find to find out. So he climbs the cage and goes for Hogan. Savage gets a hold of him, and Hogan's like, "Get him in the ring, brother!" And he starts throwing working punches at him. And we've seen videos of fans getting involved, and it's like Savage is like suddenly become the hap- like you know happiest kid in the sweetie <laughs> shop, and he just lays the boots down. Savage isn't really doing that. So I had a wee Google, and it, it seems like the consensus is that it was work to try and get heat on Hogan, um, okay. or more heat on Hogan. Okay, which um, makes sense because of the the camera angles and the way that he came from a position where it was. Mm-hmm. Clearly shown then, on TV, and then laterally, I think one of the fake stings is holding the guy down. I think to that's make right. it look like that's yeah. almost like he's protecting him, um, but also try to stop him from from doing anything further. Um, I think it was the one that's mask came off very quickly. I think that's yeah, the guy was that was holding him down. Um, yeah, I, the the whole the, that whole thing threw me because I, I the, the security then do come in. I think. And mm-hmm. So I've, my, my, the end of my notes is, so that's a real fan, <laughs> okay? Yeah, it's well done. To be fair, if it, uh-huh. if it if it is a real fan, then you would believe it, um, yeah. and if it's worked, then yeah, fair play. Because it a mm-hmm. lot of officials in the ring and all, that, and you, you yeah. hear uh, somebody shouting at Savage, they're going Randy, Randy, like get off him, sort of thing, and all that. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I. Another WCW pay per view. We, we, we have to go, folks. And it's just like signed off. See, see you later. Uh, I'm sure Shivani does it. I think it would have happened on TV a lot as well because 
Trevorny signs off his podcast with a, we're out of time! Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. The, the thing with the, the stings was bizarre, right? Because I was trying to think about this and they're supposed to be intimidating Hogan, right? Who is the heel? Mm-hmm. You would want your face to be intimidated. So surely it, yeah. it would make sense to have NWO members have come out and surrounded the ring so that if Piper was trying to climb out or leave, they would stop him. Yeah. I wonder. Like, you, I, I you've know, got... Sorry, I'm not... Just what I was thinking. Savage comes running through them and they don't move a muscle as he no. as he comes yeah. into the ring as well. Yeah, they didn't do anything. I always wonder when you get, like... You've obviously had your NWO be created as a group and be this huge heel faction, but then they're getting cheers because they're cool, uh, mm. cool heels. Um, it, it does start to get a bit messy in terms of how you tell a story when that kind of thing happens because as you touched on you're supposed to stack the deck against the baby face you're supposed to make the baby face seem like they have to overcome insurmountable odds and yeah it is like it's hogan who's having to try and overcome yeah. odds here and which also is piper's backwards. not like a, a sympathetic face either no no, I mean he. Uh, I imagine a lot of the folk who would have been invested in this would have probably watched the early WrestleManias with the Hogan and Piper interaction, where Hogan, where Piper was this despicable heel, uh, it's turned uh, in his head. Which he was, I think, miles better at than whatever it is he's trying to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's odd to have him, like you said, to have him kick out of the. A double leg drop and a and a, uh-huh. and a belt shot as well and yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say you're, you're not really. A... Go on. Imagine you'd done that with a Eddie Guerrero or something like that. Just imagine. They they had the opportunity to do it with Sting uh-huh. at the the next pay per view and completely <laughs> made an arse of it. Oh no! Because he wasn't oh. looking tan enough, brother. <laughs> so that's the next pay per view. So oh god, where are we heading? I think that's the next pay-per-view. Really sure it is, because that's Bret Hart's yeah. debut. And, and all that. For, no, the guy that comes down to say, this doesn't happen again. Type thing. But yeah. it wasn't a quick counter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a shit show. <sighs> so, yeah. yeah. There we were. In hindsight, it wasn't a bad pay-per-view. We had There's a been couple worse. of good matches. We had a, a an excellent match. We had, a, I think, another very good match. Um, we got to see some cool stuff, like Scott Hall um, doing doing his stuff, doing classic Scott Hall stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, there were some moments. Now, shall I consult the '98 card, or would you like a surprise? I think you need to consult it because <laughs> I think you have said to me that this card is maybe one of the reasons we stopped our 1998 journey. Simply because of Warrior. Um, I'm fairly sure this is Warrior. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Unbelievably, it's not the main event. Oh, good. There's some alright looking stuff on it, but then we've seen stuff look good on paper before, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, Especially with WCW. 
Shivone, Heenan, and Mike Tinney. Goodbye, Dusty. Okay. Um, so here's your here's your card. Uh, World Television title match, Chris Jericho versus Raven. Okay. Wrath versus Meng. Who was Wrath again? Check. Was Wrath a person? Wrath, Adam Baum. Oh, okay. Brian oh, Clark. I'll, 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 I won't get too excited. Okay. Hooventud versus Disco Inferno. Uh, God, I mean, they're just packing everybody. Fit Finlay versus Alex Wright. <laughs> oh, he's Lod- back. He's back. <laughs> Lodi versus Saturn. Okay. Um, th- this was the whole thing, like, Saturn was feuding with, like, yes. the whole flock, remember? Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember that. Cruiserweight match. Cruiserweight match. Kidman versus Disco Inferno. Are you telling me Disco Inferno's in two matches on this Apparently card? Apparently so, doubling up. Uh, world <laughs> Tag Team Title Match, the NWO Hollywood, Scott Steiner and the Giant versus okay. Buff Bagwell and Rick Steiner. Okay. Then we go into a Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner <laughs> no DQ match. Intriguing, okay. This is Rick Steiner's like, S&M era. Okay, okay. Remember, he's wearing really questionable leather yeah. collars and stuff. Um, That's going to be fun. Singles match, Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. Ah. This is going to be an absolute feast of nonsense, this pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, United States heavyweight title match, Bret Hart versus Sting. Okay. Good. Singles match, The Warrior versus Hollywood Hogan. Brilliant. And WCW World Heavyweight title match, Goldberg, the champion, versus DDP. Oh, I think I've heard a story about that match. Oh. Is it worth sharing, or shall we wait? I, I th- It doesn't spoil anything about the match. All right. I think it didn't end in time, and the pay-per-view oh, audience were to sh- cut off. They showed yeah. up Nitro the next night or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We gotta go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> We're desperately out of time. We gotta go. <laughs> Class. That sounds like a lot of matches. That did sound like a lot of like the one we just watched sounded like a lot of matches or felt like a lot of matches, but I think that sounded like even more. Twelve. Twelve, Twelve. matches. What are you doing to us? Twelve. Do you know how I'm, I'm... a lot of them will be pretty short, I think. And two of them at least sound like they might go from uh-huh. one match into the other, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I'm quite looking forward to ninety nine and two thousand because they're they're sort of like unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Um like they'll like likely a... be awful, but there might be little bits and pieces that are nice on them that are good on them. Yeah, I mean I, I keep thinking, are we gonna get like any kind of um Spotlight on you know the likes of Guerrero, Benoit, the guys that moved on because I think maybe they, I know they move on fairly soon, but I think they'd still be there for the next one. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, interesting. None of them are on that. That's a Jericho, didn't it? Yeah, Jericho Raven. Yeah, yeah. Um, film wise, we were going to watch. The original uh, version of The Ring. Is it called uh, Ring yeah, Beauty? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that uh, was 1998. I've never seen you, that. Yeah, I've never seen it. So I've seen the like American Hollywood mm-hmm. version. 
mm-hmm. um, which was fine. But I, I imagine this is better. Just yeah. assume it will be. Because it's got subtitles in that. Just, you know, I think... The original. I think, I think it'll just be a bit darker. Yeah. Creepier. Yeah. No, um, that's, that should be good. Yeah. So as long as that's decent, then we can offset that against Warrior and his... Snorting oh, and... I, like, I wasn't even thinking of the fact there'll be promos in there. I was just thinking what? of the actual in-ring. The One Warrior Nation, O-W-N. Oh. I wonder if he came up with that all on his own. <laughs> I, like, a lot of matches, you hear them and you think, maybe it'll be better than we think, but I'm pretty sure this is widely considered to be one of the worst matches <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. <laughs> maybe we maybe we could double it up and watch WrestleMania five, six, six. No, yeah, six. Let's like, throw WrestleMania the, the original, six in there as well. The yeah, original yeah, yeah. Hogan Warrior, which was actually good. That's a good match. And mm, we've spoke about this before, though. It, it's good. It's a good spectacle. It's a good spectacle. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not a a classic wrestling match, but it's a no. good spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't oh. think this will be the same. We'll look forward to it with positivity and enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, in two weeks' time, we shall discuss that. 12 matches. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, well. Well, you take it easy. You too. And uh, keep away from that pesky COVID. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all vaccinated up now. Today, good. boosters, everything. Oh, all good. See we yeah. back down tomorrow. Take, yep. <laughs> take it down tomorrow. <laughs> cool. Take it easy. We'll speak in two weeks, okay? Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>